Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Tom Gong visits Wuhan on a regular basis. It's where he was born. It's where he was raised. It's home. When I was in college, I crossed, swam across East Lake. Uh, it took me three hours. Oh, so two, two years ago, I did that again. Tom was just in Wuhan in December before flying back to the Bay Area where he's lived for 14 years. And it was around this time the world would learn about the coronavirus. Wuhan is one of the top technology hubs in China. And a lot of Wuhan grads like Tom end up here. So when Wuhan was put on lockdown last month, it didn't take long for Tom to find expats living in the Bay Area who want to help out. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. I was born and uh, uh, grew up in Wuhan and went to college there as well. Tom Gong is founder of Wuhan United. It's a new nonprofit founded just last month that helps send aid to Wuhan. He also works for Google as an engineer. Wuhan has a strong link with the Silicon Valley. It has a direct flight to San Francisco. It has the largest college students in the world, 1.2 million college students in Wuhan. Of the two major universities there, Huazong University of Science and Technology and Wuhan University, we have 6,000 alumni called Silicon Valley home. It's a beautiful city. It has 26% of the area covered by river. You know, Yangtze River goes through the city and there are lakes. Uh, so so I, when I was young, you know, I, I went to uh, swim in the Yangtze River and the eastern lakes. So it's a, it's, it's a beautiful city. Did you like growing up there? Yes, I mean, uh, life definitely is, is, is much harder in my time. You know, it's, it's hot in summer. There's no air conditioning. Actually, there's no electric fans. We just uh, <laughs> hand to wave. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> because I'm cool. Yeah. Uh, but the people there is very kind. You know, they, they, they're friendly to each other. It's a hometown, you know, and uh, you know, all the streets, you know, I walk around there. That's where I grew up. I also know that a lot of Chinese cities have changed really quickly over the years. Is that true of Wuhan too? Yes, Wuhan right now has uh, more than 200 miles of subways going to 350 miles in the last four years. And it has a booming, uh, it actually has been an industrial center in China in the past like 150 years, has complete industrial uh, system like heavy machinery, steel, ship making. Now it, is a, it has a booming high tech, it's called uh, Optics Valley uh, in, in China. We actually uh, look uh, Silicon Valley as an inspiration model. It has a, a, a booming semiconductor, smart car, internet, software industry. It's one of the top technology uh, center in, in China. 
Okay, so you've lived in San Jose for 14 years. You have a wife and kids here. And there are also thousands of people in Silicon Valley who went to school in Wuhan. How did you first learn about the coronavirus outbreak that basically started in your hometown? I read from news, and uh, I have uh, my brother and my wife's uh, family. They, they uh, work in hospital in, in Wuhan as well, so we talk to them on a regular basis. What was going through your head when you uh, were reading about it, but also talking to family back home? It's, it's shocked. You know, I came back from Wuhan in, in mid-December. Uh, uh, Nobody was prepared to, to imagine it's, it's going to grow this big, you know, including me. I thought you know, it could be controlled and contained, yeah. but obviously it didn't. I mean, the, the most serious thing that happened is on January 23rd. That really changed you know, the whole thing. You know, the, the city got locked down. Most transport in Wuhan was suspended on Thursday morning and people were told not to leave. Hours later, state media in neighbouring Huanggang said it was imposing a similar lockdown. With hundreds of millions of passengers... understand from that day, this thing is really serious. Yeah, and that's when you first realised that it was, it was, it was going to be bad. Yes. So how did you go from hearing about the coronavirus and, and talking with family to deciding how you wanted to help? I mean, on January 23rd, when I heard this lockdown news, uh, we have a WeChat group. It's a you know chat group within our uh, alarm line. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we we've immediately feel we need to do something because we knew there's a huge shortage of uh, uh, personal protection gear for uh, medical staff. So we shouted out, we need to you know get some supply to Wuhan. Tom says these WeChat groups have thousands of people who went to college in Wuhan, and they're basically all Bay Area engineers now. And that's where he started to recruit volunteers to help send medical supplies. The first day is like five, six people. I think after one week, we have like more than 30 people. Oh, wow. And then we uh, started daily evening uh, meetings, started 10 p.m. to 12 p.m. So started January 23rd. For the next two weeks, we had like daily Zoom video conference discussing what we should do. People say oh, we should go to store and online buy stuff. That, quick, that was quickly dismissed because we cannot be sure about quality. The second approach say, okay, we go to the largest distributor to buy. It's same thing, lead time, and we also we don't have money, you know. Right. Then I thought about direct relief, which you know, which I worked with when I was working at Google for the earthquake relief. Oh, I knew they are a great organization, so I. Uh, I called them on Thursday. We established a, a formal uh, cooperation on, on Friday to deal with uh, this uh, coronavirus. We quickly obtained a list of what they have, like quantity. And uh, uh, my wife is a doctor in San Jose, so she worked with her sister, who is a doctor in, in China, to go through the item and figure out which item can be used by medical staff. That's where our focus and eliminate the items that you know, and cannot be used by medical staff. Tom's previous work with direct relief during his time at Google and his connections in China allowed the volunteers to work fast. By the end of the week, Tom and his group had medical supplies on a plane to Wuhan. What specifically are you sending to Wuhan? What's most needed? Basically like a, a, a medical mask, isolation gown, and a glove. Mostly these three types. Think about if everyone 
go to a bank to withdraw money. No bank can sustain that. You know, right. So that's that's what it looks like for for hospital in, in Wuhan. It reminds me of uh, those masks that we buy here in the Bay Area when there's fires and they go out, you know, in stores. They they sell out really quickly. Yes, exactly. So how are you and other volunteers talking about what's happening now in Wuhan? We're very emotional, you know. Most of us have, you know, deep connection. You know, either friends or family got affected, you know, or you know. Uh, so it's very emotional. We are we're very motivated to get this done. Yeah. And then we quickly realize this relief effort uh, to fight coronavirus and also restoring Wuhan is not a short-term task. So we need a longer-term commitment. So on, on February 4th, we formally incorporated Wuhan United as a 501c3 California nonprofit organization. Hmm. So we operate behind this uh, uh, to show our commitment. And uh, our volunteer network in China, we have uh, more than 1,000 uh, people working there uh, covering all the cities in China, not only Wuhan right now. Tom says he also has loved ones on the front lines of trying to stop the coronavirus. His wife's family lives in Wuhan, and most of them are doctors. One is uh, gastrology, the other is urology. So they all converted to deal with this uh, you know, disease because just not enough special specialty uh, doctor to deal with uh, coronavirus. Right. And it sounds like a lot of the other volunteers have family in Wuhan still too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They either uh, grew up in Wuhan or went to school in Wuhan, either family member or colleagues. It sounds like your family over there is working just as hard as you're working over here all around the coronavirus. How are they doing? Very tired, very exhausted, but, you know, they keep on. Like uh, my wife's uh, sister, you know, uh, like after she worked for some time, she has to be self-quarantined for like several days. So in those days, she made uh, videos how to let patients in her gastrology field to deal with coronavirus and, uh, you know, send that into the Internet. So she, she didn't never stop working, you know, even if uh, when she's self-quarantined. Does this work help you feel less worried about what's going on there? Actually, sometimes makes me worry more because people ask for help. A lot of hospitals ask for help, but our capability is limited. We can only meet few uh, help. So yeah. a lot of time we are frustrated. And I guess what's it been like for you watching the news unfold in Wuhan from the Bay Area? I mean, most of the news come from talking to people. You know, I, I, I don't really watch TV, but I don't think in, in Chinese TV they show that much detail. So yeah. I got most news by talking to uh, people directly. We really want more of those, you know, stories coming out uh, and so American people can understand exactly, uh, not just the number, oh, 40,000 infected patients. What does it mean? You know, try to understand what's happening, what's the life. Because people in Wuhan right now, they cannot go outside of their house, actually. It's, it's an unprecedented, you know, situation. So uh, we know that there are, you know, thousands of 
Wuhan-based university graduates living in the Bay Area because of these alumni associations. But do you feel like this experience has brought you closer together with other people from Wuhan? Oh, definitely. We are already close, close. But I think this is an opportunity, for example, even for my kids, you know, or, or even like, you know, Chinese-American, like younger generations. I think it's an opportunity for them to connect to China. Also opportunity for broader audience. That's how, that's why we established Wuhan United to go beyond alumni, to, to reach out to the general public so they can understand more about Wuhan understand more about China, actually, to help and appreciate the situation. Thank you so much, Tom. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Tom says the latest of eight shipments of medical supplies is leaving very soon. He says the last shipment took about a week to arrive at Wuhan Union Hospital. Tom Gong is founder of the new nonprofit Wuhan United. He also works for Google as an engineer. Tom says if you want to help his organization out, you can go to wuhanunited.org. To see pictures of Tom and Wuhan United, follow us on Twitter. We're at the Bay KQED. And that's also where we give you updates on other episodes we've done. The Bay is produced by Erica Cruz Guevara and our editor, Alan Montesilio. KQED's leadership team is Julie Kane, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. We also get help from Kiana Mokadam. Our theme music is by Dowd Anthony. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for The Bay. Talk to you Friday. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 